You're listening to the Gen Cares Powered by Chosen podcast, the show that brings the community to you with your host, Jen Cares. How was Jane a little bit? Good evening and welcome to Jen Cares Powered by Chosen Counselors. I am your host, Jen Cares, the founder of Chosen Counselors, a nonprofit organization that seeks to inspire, motivate, empower, and strengthen individuals and families. As always, I want to thank you so very much, each and every one of you, for tuning in, for liking, for sharing, for commenting, and supporting the cause. We do truly appreciate you. I do hope that you enjoyed last week as we had a recap of our Day of Empowerment. It was such a good time. That was actually our first conference ever held, and it was amazing. So many people came. But I have a question for you. If we did it again, would you come? Should we bring it back? And should it be in person or virtual? Let me know in the comments. I got some things in the works, you know, if y'all really want it, like, let me know. I want to just make sure y'all gonna come. And if it's virtual, you know, we could do it virtual. But if it's in person, we'll have some food and things and good food because uh, we want to feed the people. And everything would be safety because safety first. We don't want no Rona coming over here. We want Rona to keep on going, okay? So if you're interested in us doing it again, please let me know and send me some ideas of anything you would like us to talk about. So again, welcome to February. This month's theme is love. Me, myself, and I. And the goal is to highlight some areas that help us to love on ourselves just a little bit more. But first, I want to start with our Black History Month highlight. All right. So tonight, we want to talk about the Children's Crusade or Children's March. This was a march by over 1,000 school students in Birmingham, Alabama on May 2nd and 3rd of 1963. It was initiated and organized by Reverend James Bevel. The purpose of the march was to walk downtown to talk to the mayor about segregation in their city. Many children left their schools and were arrested, set free, and then arrested again the very next day. The marchers were stopped by the head of police, Bull Connor, who brought fire hoses to ward off the children and set police dogs after them. This event compelled President John F. Kennedy to publicly support federal civil rights legislation and eventually led to the passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Before the Children's March, federal response was limited in an effort to balance federal authority and state rights. The Children's March played a pivotal role in ending legal segregation as the media coverage of the event further brought the plight of Southern African-Americans to the national stage. After additional measures were taken, President Kennedy could not avoid the issue. And on June 11, 1963, presented his intentions to establish new federal civil rights legislation and ended segregation in Birmingham. After the march, the civil rights movement regained momentum. And on August 28th, Dr. King led the march on Washington, where he delivered his famous, I have a dream speech. But on September 15th, the Ku Klux Klan bombed the 16th Street Baptist Church, killing four African-American girls. And on November 22nd, President Kennedy was assassinated. It was President Lyden B. Johnson who saw the controversial 1964 Civil Rights Act through a victory for the civil rights movement made possible because of the children of Birmingham. 
Tonight's Black History Moment honors the children who died in the church bombing. Addie Mae Collins, Cynthia Wesley, Carol Robertson, all 14, and Denise McNair, who was 11. Oh, it's good to know about our Black history, right? And it's our month, so we want to shine. But guess what? Not just this month, but every day, because we are making amazing different things happen, and we are making history. So let's get into tonight's episode. Save the tatas. Mm -mm. So according to Mana, uh, breast cancer occurs almost entirely in women. Did you know that? Mm. Breast cancer is the second leading cause of cancer-related death. Family history increases your risk. They say over 3 million breast cancer, there are over 3 million breast cancer survivors. So let's get to know. Let's find out how you too could be a survivor. They say that mammograms save lives and you can decrease your risk. So we want to talk about how you, well, we want to talk about how you can know if you are at risk, how you can find out to reduce the risk, and how we can save the Tatas. So tonight we have Amira Clemens, who's going to share with us her history and knowledge, of wealth of knowledge, as it relates to breast cancer, um, and maybe some other cancers too. So help me welcome Amira Clemens. Good evening. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I can't complain. I'm excited. You know, it's always nice to learn something new. Um, and if you learn something new, that means you're doing a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So tonight, um, as always over here at Jen Cares, we start with a quote of the day. So today's quote of the day is, courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes courage is the little voice at the end of the day that says, I'll try again tomorrow. Again, courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes courage is the little voice at the end of the day that says, I'll try again tomorrow. And that's by Mary Ann Radmacher. What are your thoughts on that quote? My thoughts? My thoughts is that sometimes it's okay to, to not be hard on yourself because you didn't stand up tall as tall as you feel like you could have in a situation to be gentle with yourself and try again tomorrow. Be gentle with yourself and try again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, that's always a theme sometimes over here at Jen Karras because we want to be kind to ourselves. Life mm -hmm. is already overwhelming. And if we're not gentle with ourselves and knowing that we can try again tomorrow, we're going to feel like we got to give up today. And I don't want none of my friends to give up today. I'd rather you call me today instead of me having to hear a RIP, you know. I'd rather mm -hmm. you call me today instead of you being alone and going through by yourself because you're not alone. Somebody cares for you. So thank you so much for sharing that. To all my chosen friends that have joined us, I have prepared some questions. But again, if you have a question or comment, be sure to drop it below. We'll be sure to bring it into the conversation. So first, let's get started. Tell us about yourself. So I am a nurse. I've been a nurse for over 17 years. Um, my initial job as a nurse was uh, working in cardiology for the Penn Health System. Um, I went continued my education. And in 2009, I became a nursing instructor. I worked at CCP, but my longest um, stint of teaching was at Drexel University teaching the nursing students. I'm a mom. Currently, I am a PhD candidate and student at Drexel University. Woo -woo! 
<laughs> working on my dissertation um, on children aging out of the foster care system. I'm also an author. I'm trying to think of all of the things that I've done. I'm an author. Um, I have a nonprofit organization. And right now, my, I have a fellowship with my PhD program where I function as a cancer care companion for the Lazarus, Can Lazarus Cancer Hub out of Drexel University's Dorn Sife Center for Neighborhood Partnerships. Um, I also still work occasionally as a nurse on the floor as a nursing professional development specialist for Good Shepherd Pen Partners. That enough? <laughs> That'd be nice. I feel like I should have made you my Black History um, highlight. <laughs> you doing some amazing things. Well, our you. second Black History highlight is this nurse, Amira. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. And that's what it's about, you know, making history, doing some things. And the reason why we do the things is to be able to help somebody else, you know, mm -hmm. to let them know that they're not alone. So kudos to you. We mm -hmm. definitely want to talk about this book and things and the nonprofit and all that mm -hmm. good stuff. So with you being a nurse, was that like your dream job growing up? Was that like what you wanted to always do? To be honest, no. It's, it's funny because um, I love being a nurse. I've always loved being a nurse since becoming a nurse. Um, it's like one of the best careers, but when I was younger, I never really thought I was going to, I wanted to be a nurse. I just wanted to kind of rise up above the struggles that I saw around me as a, as a kid, um, growing up poor in Philly. But, um, as I thought, uh, thought about this question, there was uh, a family member of mine who was an LPN and, all I knew is her being an LPN, she seemed to, to me in my young mind, I felt like she was rich, you know, because mm -hmm. she she was above the struggle in my young eyes. But um, later on, you know, I was I became good at biology in school okay. and that's, that kind of like spearheaded my career as a nurse. I love it. So mm -hmm. you say you saw somebody else and what they were doing encouraged you? Yeah, one of my aunts. Yep. Mm -hmm. See, it, it matters. And that's why we I try to do this platform, too, because um, you get to see other people doing it. And what you thought was impossible It's like she could do it. I could do it, you know, mm -hmm. and then maybe I could glean from her to mm -hmm. learn from her mm -hmm. to know how to do that. So let's yep. talk about that, because you're an author and you wrote a book that <laughs> does just that. What's the name of your book? <laughs> the name <laughs> of my book is So You Want to Be a Nurse. Mm -hmm. And um, it was designed from... It was born out of the advice that I used to give my nursing students that were struggling. And I felt like there was a theme every time I was talking to an individual group of students about getting through nursing school and thereafter, um, I was saying the same things over and over again. So I decided to um, publish, put it in a book and publish it. But the reason behind me publishing the book is because I actually want to tell my life story as a nurse, as a black nurse. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to learn the process of self-publishing. So I okay. tried to do something easy to learn a process. And, you know, that's how I ended up with um, publishing my book. It's actually um, on Amazon, if anybody's interested. Awesome. awesome. We're going to have to share information um, mm -hmm. because, friends, if you know of anybody who wants to be a nurse, they can find out if it's really for them. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. I don't want to be a nurse because I don't like the blood, the needles. Mm. My mom used to bribe me as a kid. As an adult, I like try to distract myself um, mm -hmm. so that I could be able to go through it. But thank you for your service because we need you. 
Um, and those that want to be a nurse, find out if it's really for you. Jennifer knows it's not for her. You got to know <laughs> what your lane is. I'm staying in my lane. Right. Uh, that's, but that's pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty cool. You also said that um, you have a nonprofit organization, uh, the Cultural Institute of Health and Education. How did mm -hmm. that come about? Well, uh, I actually told this story in one of the chapters of my, my book. Um, again, well, then not in case... Okay, so enough for those that's not going to be a nurse, but not too much for those that are going to be a nurse. Just, just a little spoiler, just a little bit. Just a little bit, just a little yeah. bit. So, um, as I said, growing up, I really wanted to, you know, to rise above the struggle. So when I graduated there, you know, in my community, a lot of people just didn't go to college. You, it wasn't, it wasn't an option for us. So I ended up going to a vocational program after I graduated from high school and became a medical assistant. Mm -hmm. And as a medical assistant, I went like from job to job. And the last job that I had as a medical assistant was working for the city of Philadelphia. Okay. And, and at, in the city of Philadelphia, I did a lot of things. I worked in phlebotomy, I worked in a pharmacy, I worked in pediatric clinic, I worked in uh, OBGYN clinic family planning, adult health, HIV clinic. So I was well-versed. And the director asked me why I wasn't I a nurse because she said, you do you do everything the nurses do. You might as well go back to school to be a nurse. And I was like, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to, to do that. Um, so she helped me with the process of applying for um, financial aid and applying for the nursing program at community college. And then because I was so well-versed in healthcare, um, at community college, there was um, grants and um, programs for minority students that would help them through the process of becoming more than just a nurse. Because, you know, you go to school to be a nurse, you, you know, that's what I thought I was just going to be a nurse. But um, there, I didn't know that there was so many things that you can do as a nurse. And there was a woman who was uh, working out of Jefferson and she wrote a grant to prove or show that African-Americans can be just as successful as whites if doors were intentionally opened for them. So, pause, pause, pause. <laughs> Can you say that again? Can you say that again? I, I, need, I need us to take that in. Right. She wrote a grant to prove that African-Americans can be just as successful as whites if doors were intentionally open for them. And she wrote this grant for nursing students called Project Impart. And Impart stands for Improving Minority Access to Research Tracks. And with that program, like the, the instructors at the community college nursing program would elect or select specific students who were academically strong minorities and put them through this, this, um, it was a, actually a research study. Mm. And with that research study, we, I think it was about eight of us and we all were afforded an opportunity to take a, um, we were in the associate's degree at, at CCP and we, we were afforded the opportunity to take a bachelor's level and a master's level class at Jefferson while we were in CCP um, as to add to our credit load. And then the eight of us were afforded the opportunity to further our career in, um, at Jefferson to get our bachelor's degree through another uh, scholarship that was given to us by the uh, Independence Foundation. It was like a partnership. Mm 
So I think three of us were chosen from that eight, and I was one of those. So I got my bachelor's degree through that process. And then I, where I worked, they paid for school too. If you're if you're catching this, I didn't pay for school. I've been paying. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so I went, I went uh, to Jefferson to get my master's degree. And after I finished my master's degree, I became um, an instructor for CCP, like right after graduation, like literally before I even got my degree, I was working at uh, community college as a, a nursing instructor. So uh, that made me realize that my path was was paved intentionally by other people helping me. So this yeah. is why I wanted to start a nonprofit organization like mine to help people get into an entry-level career that would spark their interest in something else that they could eventually go back to school for. Because your initial question to me was, was it my dream job? And it wasn't because I didn't know. But once I got into it, because, you know, doors were intentionally open to me, I found out that it was where God wanted me to be. So that's how my nonprofit was born. <laughs> you said a lot of things. First time I go over here to my guy, so she said, you go, girl. Absolutely. You go, girl. Um, I love it because, like, you saw, you know, what your aunt was doing, right? And then you share how somebody saw potential in you. Then somebody did a grant to be able to show you that you can make it too. And yep. sometimes we don't realize that we have the capacity mm -hmm. because it seems like, oh, it's only a, this group thing, you know, mm -hmm. but to know that somebody believed in you and mm -hmm. then a path that was created for you. And so many times we miss out on opportunities or things that are for us because mm -hmm. maybe we don't have the confidence in things of that sort. But sometimes stuff is so clear, like, okay, mm -hmm. this is your next step. Okay, this is your next step. Don't do that step. Do this step. And even if we do that wrong step, it'll help us if we pay attention to, the right place. <laughs> to get us to the right place. So this yeah. is amazing. I'm loving it already of how. And that was only a summary. That was a summary. If you know, like the whole story, it's like it, it's been an amazing journey. I believe. I believe. And to somebody that you're helping, like you weren't even done school and you were already teaching, which means that, again, they saw um, that potential in you. And mm -hmm. I want to talk on this for a second because sometimes we feel like we shouldn't bring our A game. If we just do our C game, that's enough to help us get by. Mm -hmm. But if we have the potential to really rock out and do our stuff, we don't have to um, devalue ourselves or push ourselves down. But we want to shine because you never know. Now, again, two things happen from that. Somebody can be jealous and they hate on you and they try to get rid of you. But there's also a possibility that they can see that in you and say, hey, come here. I got this for you. Yes. And if you know Jesus, like I know Jesus, he's going to continue to pave the way, but you got to do your part. And not talk yourself out of it, because a lot of us talk ourselves out of a, a career move because we don't, you know, we are afraid of success. And that's a real thing. People are afraid of success. Mm. You're talking to me a little bit right now, because sometimes we get comfortable in positions yep. that we have, right? Mm -hmm. And we feel like, well, this is, you know, meeting a need. This is providing you benefits. This is helping you with your retirement. You leave too many places, how your retirement will look. But if I just trust Jesus, if that's what I'm saying I got to do, and that's what I say I do. Mm -hmm. All right, Dad, that's not what we're probably talking about. But I love it, though, because that's always my prayer, too, with Jen Cares, is that whatever needs to be shared is shared, whether it's encouraging me, whether it's encouraging somebody that's listening. And mm -hmm. I need to hear that because I don't want to box myself in either. So many things I want to do to help other people, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. it's people seeing potential in me because they're like, are you offering this? Are you doing this? No. Not yet, but why am I not doing it? 
Oh, you in my business. Let me go to my next question. Um, <laughs> oh, but I love it. I appreciate it. You know, mm-hmm. it's helping us to be the best versions of ourselves. Okay. Yeah. So we talked about, you know, how you got your business started. Mm-hmm. Um, let's jump into our topic of the night. I'm going to come back to that. I'm sure we'll probably get back into that because the paths and things of that sort. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is cancer? Let's get there. So cancer is basically um, uncontrolled growth of abnormal cells. What happens in our body regularly and routinely is that cells die off and new cells are created. But sometimes what happens is there's a mutation that occurs when the abnormal cells or the old cells that are supposed to die, they mutate and then they grow into abnormal cells and those cells form a what is called a tumor and that tumor is then deemed or turns into cancer that's the summarized version <laughs> got it got it and you know that's the part that we need of one mm-hmm. making it uh simple that me who's not a nurse never gonna be a nurse can understand what mm-hmm. you're saying um and now we want to also find out how we can get rid of it and not have to deal with that because we don't want that either. Right. Um, but I found some myths and I wanted to um, us to go through them a little bit. Let me see if I can get it up on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one says finding a lump means you have breast cancer. Is that true or false? That is false. There's many reasons why lumps grow all over the body, not just in, in the breast. Um, lumps can be many things like it could be a cyst, it could be a clump of fat tissue or what we call a lipoma. It could be scar tissue from you know some injury that we either forgot about or didn't know. Um, it could be just a, a abnormal growth of, of tissues in general, but it's not always cancer. Okay, but should you still possibly get it checked out just to make sure? Always, every right. single time. Because I, and I say that because like we'll we'll hear okay so a lump it doesn't mean it's breast cancer so I just mm-hmm. let it be but then it's something else or it could mm-hmm. be nothing but we don't know mm-hmm. and um, too often we say oh it's okay I love my big fat Greek wedding right because mm-hmm. um, the father would say oh put some Windex, put some on, Windex it. on it <laughs> yes I remember <laughs> that might not really work you know we want to really go to the doctor and see what happens um mm-hmm. and at least get it checked out to know what our options are whatever it could be because it could be something that's you know nothing it could be something that is something and we mm-hmm. want to get that checked out oh goodness that's mm-hmm. not what next one okay our second one a mammogram can cause breast cancer to spread absolutely not the reason why this myth um arose is because the abnormal t- cells that I discussed that is cancer grows faster than normal cells. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when a person gets a mammogram and, you know, they feel a lump, they get a mammogram and it's determined that the, the tumor is actually suspicious of cancer. By the time other tests are done, the tumor has grown exponentially. So it may give that appearance or, you know, make people believe that the the mammogram made it spread or made it grow, but the mammogram does not. And we should probably get mammograms, even if we feel like it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because we have to get it. Now, do men get mammograms too? Not generally, no. Okay. So how would they be checked? What's their... They could be be checked by um, ultrasound. 
Okay. Men just don't have the, for the most part, they don't have the density uh, or the fullness. Got it. Got it. PG-13, Jennifer, PG. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> the next one is um, breast cancer is contagious. No. Breast cancer is, it comes from mutations and cellular reproduction when a person's body is not, when the cells are not reproducing normally. But it cannot spread from person to person. Mm-hmm. The reason why it may appear to go from person to person or to be contagious is that sometimes the mutations that BRCA, that BRCA gene or BRCA mm-hmm. mutation can be present in families. So if, a, if two women who are related both have the BRCA gene and they're living together, it may appear that you know, they may, their cancer may appear at the same time or relatively close to each other. Mm-hmm. So it creates that myth that it's contagious, but it is not contagious. No, t- no cancer is contagious except the virus that could potentially cause cervical cancer, but it's not the cancer itself, it's the virus. Okay. So, okay, good to know, good to know. Mm-hmm. Now, this is one that the ladies want to know, okay? You ready mm-hmm. for this one? Mm-hmm. Can wearing a bra cause breast cancer? You know, sometimes don't want to put it on. I'm just trying to find out is that going to cause breast cancer? I I shouldn't wear it or I should wear it? Some some people feel like, you know, the the underwire. No, Mm -hmm. there's no studies that, there's no studies that confirm that wearing a bra or wearing a bra with an underwire um, has caused cancer. Mm -hmm. That that myth has not been proven to be true. No, it does not. Got it. And I, I want to, you know, because this is my soapbox for a second, just a second, because um, some women are a little bit more endowed and sometimes they feel like they shouldn't wear bra. Sis, sister, please put one on. Keep them uh, babies up. Um, there's some people that are blessed and they don't have to, you know, but there's some of us they can't do it. Um, y'all some bold sisters. I've seen it more um, as the summertime comes. I've been like, wait a minute, I, yeah, I've seen it too. Put, put, get yourself some security. It also helps with your back. Put something on yourself yes. before. Um, ah, just, just do it, please. All right. We have a question. Sharon said, what about bras made with spandex? No, no studies have confirmed that 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 is a risk factor for cancer. So no. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So uh, so we're saying bras don't cause breast cancer and ladies, sisters, friends. Not even the ones with the wire. Not even the ones with the wire. I mean, it may be uncomfortable. Just mm-hmm. get one without the wire. That's called a spade of spade. It's uncomfortable. It's not causing it something. Um, get one without the wire. Mm-hmm. And another one that I have is carrying your cell phone in your bra can cause breast cancer. No studies have validated that claim. None. Now, as a rule of thumb, though, is it good? Is it okay to carry? Because like the cell phone, you know, overheats and things like that. So you you put it in. Is it good? Should it be a problem? I wouldn't. I wouldn't in general because it's not just cancer that we're worrying about. It's the emissions that come mm-hmm. from cell phones that can be unhealthy for our bodies in general. Yeah. Um, but no, there hasn't been a study that confirmed that wearing a cell phone or putting a cell phone in a bra can cause cancer. Got it. Okay. So that's just some of the ones that I found. Um, it's a lot many, a lot many. Hmm, Jen. 
many more myths out there, but there's some facts out there as well. And that's what we want to, you know, share about tonight. So how often should one get checked um, if it doesn't run in your family, you know, and then how often should you get checked if it does run in your family? So women at average risk should get a clinical breast exam. A clinical breast exam is when you go to the doctor and the doctor does the breast exams with their hand and they, they check for, they know the locations of the different um, lymph nodes and they know the anatomy of breast tissue. So they know how to look for the lumps better than we do when we do our self breast exams. Okay. So a clinical self, um, a clinical breast exam should be done every one to three years, starting at 25. A mammogram should be, women should start getting mammograms between 40 and 44 um, if they're at average risk, 40 to 44. And um, self-breast exams should be done once a month right uh, right after the period, you know, the menstrual cycle. And I'm trying to think of everything else. Um and anyone, everyone born a woman should start getting their breast checked at 25 in general, whether it be a clinical self, a clinical breast exam mm -hmm. um, or a self-breast exam. They should start at 25. Yeah. Average risk. Average okay. risk. Okay. <laughs> um, and then you said it's once a year? Once a year after... Um, once a year after, thereafter, they should get a clinical breast exam, but oh, at, at 40 to 44, once a year mammogram. Got it. But the studies have kind of changed with mammograms. Um, I don't know if you want me to get into that because um, you don't necessarily have to get a mammogram every year unless you're, there's an increased risk. So okay. it's... It's one of those screenings that you can that a woman can elect to get done, you know, whenever mm -hmm. she feels like it. But if there's an above average risk, then all of those, all of that that those practices change. Got it. But that's also just highlight the importance of at least you doing a self check just to make mm -hmm. sure everything is good. You know, every so often you just uh, make sure everything is good. Like you see, like where that scratch come from? Get it checked out if you need to. Like just make sure you're good. Yeah, one of the things that I try to tell women, especially, um, you know, when we are, when we become well endowed, we want to make sure we know our bodies better mm -hmm. than anybody else. And right. that goes along with when you're in the bathroom, look, look and see, mm -hmm. make sure that there's nothing that looks odd, that mm -hmm. everything is the same size as it, as, as it should be. Like mm -hmm. there's no one breast that's bigger than the other one, that there's no, you know, there's no puckers, there's no dimples, there's no rashes or um, abnormalities to the skin or discoloration. Everything we should, we should be looking regularly because if yeah. we're not looking regularly, we won't see the, the right. subtle changes that could potentially be cancer or be something that should be looked into. Got it. So can you do me a favor to clarify? Because you say one should be bigger than the other. Um, life has showed that one sometimes is a little lopsided, la di da di. So when you say that, you're not meaning um, it, I don't it mean may be abnormal for everybody. Yes. I yes. mean, if you if if you have a, a breast that's one that's bigger than the other and that's normal for you, yes, you want to make you know you want to consider that when you're looking for changes. 
Yes, yes. Because I want somebody to say, oh, wait, it's me. But again, ask your doctor if you're unsure, because I'm not a doctor. <laughs> not a doctor. <laughs> ask your doctor. And even with the self-exam, if you're unsure, you know, if you're doing it right, be sure to talk to your doctor. You know, mm-hmm. they are expertise in this area to mm-hmm. help you in that area. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that's good. Um, so are there different types of breast cancer, or is it just like one? Many. There's many different types um, based on if there's a... You, a genetic mutation, if a person has been exposed to significant risk factors and, um, you know, on medication. So no, there's, there's multiple different types of cancers that would take a whole lecture of explaining to go through the different ones, but multiple, but I, I will say this, I will say this to make it a little bit simplified. You can get breast cancer of the skin you can get breast cancer um, in the, the lymph nodes. You can get breast cancer in the um, mammary glands, the glands that create milk. So, but they're all caused by different things. So they're they're different types of breast cancer. Got it. But you will have to get the check. So say you get the mammogram done. Um, can you share with us what the glimpse of the mammogram is? So um <laughs> If it didn't sing much jig and it smashes you a little bit, but is it like a picture taken? Like how do they? Yes, like and the reason it's a, it's not as bad as people think it is. It's it's uncomfortable. It doesn't like some people are like, oh my god, it's gonna hurt. It doesn't it doesn't hurt. It's uncomfortable. Like we have, and it's if you weigh the pros and cons of being uncomfortable for mm-hmm. humans right, right. versus going through what you could potentially go go through. If yeah. you find out that you have cancer in a late stage, mm-hmm. it's just be a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but it is a picture. Um, it is a basic picture. It's almost like if you get an x-ray of something and they see something that, oh, this looks suspicious. And mm-hmm. what do a doctor do when they see something suspicious? They get further tests right. that shows a better picture to see what that little something is. So it's like a basic baseline test to mm-hmm. find stuff. Um, right. And then you get other, and also remember mammograms are elected. That means you can decide when you get it done. Okay. Other tests, other further tests, a doctor has to decide that for you. Okay. Okay. All right. So you go, you get a test. You know, ladies, bless our hearts. We some strong ladies, you know, between uh, the mammogram doctor and the OBGYN doctor, we doing a lot of stuff that's uncomfortable for a moment, but helps us in the long run. So make sure you want to see that doctor too. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. So they say breast cancer is more common in women. Why is it more common in women? And let's talk about, you know, can men get it? Cause they'll be like, Oh, that's a woman thing. Is it just a woman thing? No, it's not just a woman thing. Uh, men can get it, but it's very rare that men get it. And the reason is because of the estrogen dominance. Um, estrogen is a risk factor. Uh, imbalance in estrogen is a risk factor for developing cancer, breast cancer. So this is why it's more seen in women than it is in men. But m- both men and women have estrogen and testosterone Men are just testosterone dominant, but there can be things that happen in a man's life or, um, you know, based on his, his age, his weight, his lifestyle, and Mm -hmm. also medications that he could potentially be on that can 
put him at risk for developing cancer. And it's also uh, a little known fact, one that I realized recently, is that men can also be born with that BRCA gene um, mutation. So um, when a woman finds out that, you know, if a woman gets genetic testing and she finds out that she has the the gene for potential mutation, and I just need to make sure that I say that just having the BRCA gene does not guarantee that you're going to develop breast cancer. It just raises your awareness. But when a woman finds out, everybody, every first relative should be tested for, should get the genetic testing for the BRCA gene and be aware of the potential development for breast cancer. Right. Okay, so men can get it too, potentially, but it is more um, common for women to get it and mm-hmm. you want to get tested um, if someone in your family does have it. But then also at those times of um, getting tested, just to make sure, okay, make sure you don't get selfie vows. Um, mm-hmm. If there is something, um, and this is a big part too. A lot of times, we'll think it's something and not sure. It's mm-hmm. okay to reach out to a doctor and find out for sure. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, you feel like something wobbly with your car. You go get it checked out just to make sure everything is good. It could be nothing. It could be something. Mm-hmm. Um, so go ahead and get that checkup if needed to make mm-hmm. sure that you're good. One of the things we talk about in reference to um, minimizing your risk of all types of cancer is learning how to talk to your doctor because a lot of people mm-hmm. like you just you just brought up a, a good point like we go to the you know the mechanic or any other place to get something repaired mm-hmm. we can describe in detail like this is what's happening um can you help can you figure this out and help help me with this but a lot of times when we go to the doctor it's um it's intimidating and we don't mm-hmm. want to find out bad news so we right. don't or we we get cold, like we get cold feet or, you know, where something happens and we forget mm-hmm. what we need to talk to the doctor about. So a few things we encourage people to do, because it, remember, it does decrease your risk when you mm-hmm. understand and know how to talk to your health care provider. I shouldn't just say doctor, health care provider, because mm-hmm. there's nurse practitioners as well. And one thing you can do is make sure that you write everything down mm-hmm. you know, prior to going. Like you're, when you're writing things down, you're not in that stressed environment of sitting waiting for the doctor. So you you have everything there that you want to make sure that you say. Got it. Write everything down. Another thing that um, a person can do if they feel like that they still may be intimidated, even if they write everything down, is bring a uh, an advocate with them, another family member or a friend or someone from uh, another service to help them talk to the doctor like, you know, they meet with them prior to mm-hmm. talk to them about all of the things that's concerning them. And then when they get to the doctor, they can help them remember. Oh, remember you said, you know, remember mm-hmm. you said you had this symptom. Oh, yeah. Remember you, you know, you're the, the other doctor put you on this medication so they can help with um, talking to the doctor. So important. And that, and that's across the board. So important mm-hmm. to know what questions to ask your doctor. If it's something that you don't know, ask them. The hope is that they do break it down um, to where a toddler can understand, you know, yeah. um, if they don't ask the question, because so many times we'll hear something like, oh, OK, oh, yeah, Mama Sue had that. Mm-hmm. What is it, though? Which right. you know was wrong with her foot? What, what was it? You know, really finding out what it is so that you know how to um, address it moving forward. So very, very important. Another um, thing, too, about in reference to that is if you have a doctor that you feel like doesn't 
value you or doesn't listen to you, it's okay to switch your doctors. Like don't stay with somebody. It's like a relationship. Don't stay in a relationship where people don't value you. So it's okay. Get another doctor. Let me pause there too, because we are in the month of love. And (laughs) the thing is love me, myself, and I, friend. Mm -hmm. I know Valentine's Day was last week, but if you're in a situation where you ain't being treated how you're supposed to be treated, sunshine, mm-hmm. move on. Mm-hmm. Oh. And if your doctor, if your mechanic, if your whoever, you know, really evaluate the you know relationships, we're quick to say, oh, that restaurant did me bad. I'm not going no more. But other things that really impact our life as well, we don't put it at that same caliber. Oh, no, yeah. they did me wrong at that McDonald's. I'm going to this one. Right. They did me wrong in that gas station. I'm going to this one or whatever it is, you know, do the same thing with your doctors because we hold them, you know, accountable with things for our lives, you know, make sure they are hearing us too. When we're saying something is wrong, something is wrong. And -hmm. again, getting that advocate if needed. So very, very important. And also, you know, (laughs) you said asking the questions. It made me think of, I have a friend. She goes on WebMD. Um, (laughs) WebMD is a blessing and a curse <laughs> often at the same time she's mm-hmm. dying every week <laughs> um but it's good that you know you can go to find out some things because you can ask questions well mm-hmm. what md said blah 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 is that true is that good for me is that going to happen to me and the doctor can say no they'll probably tell you to stay on with md but it helps you to get that conversation going to make sure you know everything that's going on mm-hmm. lord As a nurse, I need to say this. I need to say this in reference to WebMD. Let it be a guide, not the law. Like, Mm -hmm. don't go in and say, WebMD says I need this medication and treatment. I need you to, no, go, allow it to be a conversation starter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't let it be the end all be all because it is a guy. It's a, like you said, it's a blessing and a curse, but no. I thought it was doctors that created it. They're killing me and don't even really know. And the hard part is it gives a um, a broad picture, but it doesn't mean that it's specific for you. You know, it's giving you a whole range. It's like, that's me. Oh, that's me. Oh, yeah, I got a headache. Oh, yeah, my tongue turned pink. It was already pink. Like, you're going cuckoo. Um, calm down. Talk to the medical right. professional <laughs> so that they can work it out for you. Right, exactly. Please, please and thank you. Please. <laughs> I'd be like, what? I'm like, you died. Well, okay, what is services? Amount your life insurance, you know, let's get that together if you're dying. Um, but yes, use it as a guide, friends. We have a question that said, what is the maximum age for mammograms? So I guess how old what's the oldest you could be? 70, I believe it is 70. Okay. So after um, 70. After 70, there's a less, there's a lesser chance. It's, it's difficult to say. It's difficult to say because people people don't have to get regular screenings, and not just with um, mammograms. Re- people don't have to get regular screenings after seventy because uh, the rate of growth of things kind of slows down, mm-hmm. and a doctor can will, can and likely will still. Um, advised to get a mammogram after if they suspect something, but mm-hmm. it's not something that people need to routinely do after 70. Got it. Hope that makes sense. Good Hope that makes sense, Harriet. Yeah. Yes, let us know. <laughs> hey, Mama Wanda, this is very important. Please, uh, friends, share it with somebody else that need to know these things because we are over here learning. 
about saving the tatas, okay? Um, we have some love in the comments. If you want to say, go, Mira. Hey, baby. That's my girlfriend. <laughs> yes, look, I love it because it's all about support, too. We over here trying to help everybody out. And she might be over here learning something new, too. Like, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. She actually um, asked. She actually asked a question. Um, thank you, Harry. She actually asked a question yesterday. That was mm -hmm. one of your questions today. So uh, oh, did yeah. I ask it already? Yep, you did. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Awesome, awesome. So that's good. We all learning together. So, mm -hmm. with this treatment, so I found I have cancer. Mm -hmm. I have gone through all stages of grief. <laughs> I have. Um, because, you know, finding out something like this can be detrimental. Um, it can be overwhelming. It's mm -hmm. not what you wanted to hear. So God, you know, you find out you are positive. What is the next step positive? I'm talking about COVID now. You find out that you have um, been diagnosed yeah. with cancer. What's mm -hmm. the next steps? So the next step is they'll do a biopsy. And the biopsy will determine. So you get a mammogram. You see something, ultrasound confirms that it's possibly cancer. Mm -hmm. Biopsy is done to determine if it's cancer that started in the breast or cancer that came from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And with the biopsy, there's a removal of the tumor. So they remove the tumor and they send it to the lab to for testing to see, you know, what's the best treatment. Removal of the cancer is the best treatment for any type of cancer. So the, the, that's the first thing that's done. The tumor is removed. But sometimes in order to remove the tumor and to get all of the, the borders of the tumor out, because with removal of the tumor, a surgeon has to make sure they got every single piece of cancer out. So depending on the size it may mean that the entire breast needs to be removed or a mastectomy. Once that is done, once the tumor is gone and removed, then a person will undergo further treatment to prevent growth of the tumor after it's removed. So that means radiation or chemo or both. Okay. And then once radiation and chemo is done, then a person can get um, reconstructive surgery to the breast if they so choose to do that. Um, but that's that's what treatment generally looks like. Okay. Removal of the tumor, radiation, mm -hmm. or chemo, or both. Got it. So um, say someone, I know some people who have, you know, suffered cancer from um, different areas and things they sort, and sometimes it is treated or it's removed and it's treated, but can it come back? Cancer can come back. Um, before, we, you know, I want to, I want to back up a little bit um, okay. because I would be remiss if I didn't say that in 2022, nobody should die from cancer, any type okay. of cancer. If we understand our risk factors and screening practices, mm -hmm. cancer should be found early and treated early because with the, advance in medi the, the advancements in medicine, nobody mm -hmm. should die from cancer. Okay. Um, unfortunately, African-Americans, we die at higher rates than any other race. Um, and the reason is because we don't, we, we find things later because we don't utilize screening practices and um, 
appropriate health practices. Because so, what? Because what? What we do? We don't. We don't get screened. What? We don't talk to our doctors when we're supposed to. We don't, we don't do enough preventative medicate medicine. That's why we, we die at higher rates. Like when, when cancer is found, it's usually found at an advanced stage. Wow. So to answer your question, there's no guarantee that you're going to be cancer-free forever when mm -hmm. you, in general, regardless if you were diagnosed with cancer or not, there's no mm -hmm. guarantee that you're never going to get cancer again. Mm -hmm. But appropriate screening practices and health and wellness practices will reduce the chances of it coming back or us getting it again in the first place. Yeah. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does because we got to get screened, friends. We thinking that ginger ale and them crackers is the end all be all and it's not. Mm -hmm. It is not. It's not. You got to do a little bit more. Mm -hmm. You got to go and talk to the doctor. Yes, go and see what's going on. And uh, we had an episode on this where we talked about, um, you know, getting the most of your benefits. We are working. We have insurance and we're not using it. We just paying freely mm -hmm. for a service that is underutilized. And that is not good, friends. Uh, we also had somebody else saying, hey, sissy. Oh, Who's that? I can't see. Oh, that's my little sister. Hey, Shakira. Yes, yes. yes. Baby, so, yeah. So, friends. Mm -hmm. You 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 gotta go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's like um so there's some things around the house we can fix, right? Mm -hmm. Some things we can fix. Got a headache, we can take some aspirin, a leave, mm -hmm. Tylenol, whatever your pick is. Mm -hmm. But if it's a, a more pressing headache, it's that migraine that's staying for a long time, and you sleep and then you wake up and it's still there, you do some jumping jacks or whatever, twists and turns you do. And it's still there. You got to go to somebody a little higher up to help you understand what it is that's going on. We got to go to the doctor, friends. It's so You made a good point earlier when you talked about the car, like, especially men and African-American men. I'm not picking on anybody because I have I got the receipts because mm -hmm. in the cancer care as a cancer care companion and working with the uh, cancer, the Lazar Cancer Wellness Hub. We have the statistics of the health practices and cancer risk in the African-American community. The black man will take care of his car better than he takes care of himself. So we will, they will go get their oil changed, tire rotated. They'll, you know, they'll get their, that tune up, but they will not go to the doctor to get a colonoscopy. They won't go check, get their prostate checked. They won't, they just won't do it. They, they say that um, uh, guys that are married do a little bit better because their wives harass mm -hmm. them yep. um, a little bit to go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. But um, friends that are watching, if you're a male or you know a male, what's going on where they're not going? And if you know a male and they're not married, can you please be that annoying sister friend that says, hey, when's the last time you went to the doctor? Hey, did you get take a loved one to the doctor day? Yes, take a loved one to the doctor day. It's funny. Um, I worked with um, Kua uh, as a supervisor with uh, the cases and things, and we were so quick to know the last appointment for the children, you know, when the last eye doctor visit, when the last physical, when the last this was. And mm -hmm. I'm going to ask my staff, when's the last time you went to the doctor? You don't mm -hmm. got to tell me. I'm just making sure you're going. 
you know, because it's that important. We're making sure it's good for other people, but mm -hmm. we got to check on ourselves too. We can't help the masses and we one leg and sliding and web and and killed me <laughs> yesterday and I'm still alive some kind of way today. Mm -hmm. um, we have to go get checked. Mm -hmm. We do. Yes, let's, let's go take a friend of the doctor day. <laughs> yes. I mean, you probably got to schedule it with COVID and everything. At least schedule it. Today is scheduled uh, appointment with a friend. Can, can mm -hmm. y'all do that with me? Do that with me. Please reach out to somebody. Mm -hmm. Oh, goodness. So we talked about that the cancer can't come back, but, you know, the importance is going to the screenings, finding mm -hmm. out what's going on, being aware. Mm -hmm. um, what supports you send this your companion? What other, what does that look like? Um, and finding out what the supports are for those that get diagnosed, because that's shared. It's not any ailment, you know, uh, hearing, you know, COVID, <laughs> not a great, you know, thing to find out about, you know, and you're hoping that it's not as bad as what it has been for so many others. But what are the supports that one can have if they find out that they are um, diagnosed with cancer? Well, um, part of my job is to help um, to be the liaison between getting people either, albeit screening, screening mm -hmm. services, so mental health supportive services, mm -hmm. uh, just learning about cancer in general. But the if a person is diagnosed with cancer or a family member is diagnosed with cancer, they should look into learning about survivorship. Mm -hmm. um, survivorship is different supportive services to help with not just the, the patient, but the family members and friends and, you know, people around them who's likely uh, suffering along with them. Um, and survivorship can help with managing side effects um, of chemo and cancer treatment, managing pain, uh, quality of life, financial support, um, emotional support, uh, a multitude of things. And it's important for, for people to know that in general, that is, you know, their support, not just for your family members, but for you as well. And at the Cancer Wellness Hub, uh, we actually provided, we did a workshop where there was a, a gentleman who his mother was um, diagnosed with breast cancer and going through chemo. And he just needed he just needed a, a therapist to sit and talk to because he was yeah. going through some emotional turmoil over that. So we were able to provide him with that support. It's so needed. I have a friend, um, she shared with me that her mom had um, gotten sick and mm -hmm. um, she wasn't sure if her mom was the patient or her dad was the patient because he was, you know, reacting to it like, wait, this is my rib. Like she's done been my ride and die. Something happened to her, what I'm going to do. Um, and how that process happens, we are affected by the ailments yeah. of our loved ones. Like we really are our brother's keeper. We're concerned, like, what can I do to help? Uh, and can y'all help me too? <laughs> so yeah. that I can continue to help them. So that's it's called um, what is it called? Sympathy, sympathy yeah. pain, or mm -hmm. sympathy. People can go through the same some of the same symptoms yeah. um as you know their loved ones, and it's real, it's real to them. So yeah, yes. they, need, they need support as well. Yes, yes, and I can only admit, yeah. Yeah. So we have a question. This is a good one. Should you get breast enhancements if you already had cancer? Should you get breast enhancements? People can. Um, you mean, if she means after a mastectomy, there is uh, a lot of people who actually get um, augmentation after 
a mastectomy, but it's like a like they're they have to decide that during the or before I should say before the mastectomy because they have to uh, have they put like expanders in so that as the breast heals there's space for the augmentation but um it's difficult to get it um after and i think i think that was one one question or one myth um that people thought that breast um, implants cause cancer and they don't there's no there's no um findings there's no studies that confirm that that's good that was gonna be my next question too because i wondered i know um so with enhancements too is different kinds where you could get um something put in but i also know some that just kind of can like put them on today leave them off tomorrow type situation where you can put them in your bra you can have some yes. bosoms if you want mm-hmm. or you could you know not have bosoms if you want depending so it really is your preference but it's important to ask your doctor what mm-hmm. your options are so you know what works best for you mm-hmm. i actually have a friend that uses the the ones that you put in the bra she mm-hmm. had um breast cancer Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, same here. So you like put them in, and then some, you know, they're still able to have their breasts and things that like store it and go on. But again, mm-hmm. ask your doctor to do important questions. Mm-hmm. We have another question from Sharon. If someone has stage four cancer in their kidney, would they know in advance they have cancer before it got to stage four? Oh. It depends. It, it depends. That's a good question. It, um, it depends on. The kidneys are a little bit difficult because um, the symptoms that you would have uh, for cancer from the kidneys wouldn't necessarily say that you have cancer. Like you, you may have issues with your blood pressure. You may have issues with um, creating and excreting urine. And then um, you go in and multiple tests is done and then it's, it's found to be cancer. Um, but this is this is and the reason why I, I love this question is because it's the importance of actually knowing your knowing yourself, know thyself. Mm. Know because sometimes there's like little small subtle changes that just don't sit right with you, and mm-hmm. you are, you're like, okay, I'm you know I'm gonna keep on searching, 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 and find till I find somebody to look into this because there's something that's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, too often we ignore things that could tell us something early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is why we end up finding out that something is stage four, which is the last, the late stage cancer diagnosis, mm-hmm. um, because we, we ignored or we allowed other people not to look into, or, or other doctors not to look into something that we knew knew wasn't right in the first place. So kidney cancer is difficult because we can't, like we're not consciously aware of our kidneys unless some, you know, you might have back pain if, we, if we're dehydrated or we didn't drink enough water. Mm-hmm. Um, but like with our digestive system, when, when we eat something that's not right, we, all, we automatically, we yes. feel it. We get yes. some heartburn, we get some, you know, our, our stomach gets bloated, mm-hmm. um, things like that. But with the kidneys, it's a little bit difficult to to tell if something is wrong until later. But it, it's yeah, and there's no there's no um, regular screening practices for um, routine screening practices for the kidneys. There's for breasts. There's for cervix, cervix. 
there's for the colon and so colon cancer, cervical cancer, breast. Yeah, those are the ones that um, have regular screening. But other vital organs, mm-hmm. we have to have some other symptoms or some other things done prior to finding out we're diagnosed with um, cancer. And let's talk about that for a second, the other symptoms that come. Because mm-hmm. you you say, you know, high blood pressure might be one. So high blood pressure. So we're um, addressing that, but it's something else that's going on because that's the effect of something else. So really finding, uh, again, going back to that conversation of, hey, can we get checked from the rooter to the tutor to make sure everything is going good? Because I know this is going on, but is it a reaction from something else? What was the domino before this? Um so um, that's a good question because I, I remember working with a, a young lady and she was like, I want to get tested for everything, you know, before. I, and, and it's really difficult to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to understand and know what the risk factors are for something going wrong. Bef- um, and when you understand and know that you're either going to prevent it or mm-hmm. when symptoms arise, you're going to go talk to somebody about it. So um, this is why regular yearly physical exams are important mm-hmm. because you can get your, your blood tests, you can get, you know, your heart, your blood pressure, your lungs, mm-hmm. you know, they can palpate and examine your, your stomach. You can get your pelvic exams. You can, all of those things done yearly. And then when something if something happened in between that physical where nothing was wrong, mm-hmm. it could be found early enough because you knew when you went to the doctor in January that all your blood tests was normal. And then you started to feel like something was wrong. Right. And then in June, you went and you got, you know, you started to look into it based on your symptoms and they find, oh, okay, you had an elevated level of this since January when you got your regular physical. So that's why it's not necessarily appropriate or even feasible to get everything tested, but get routine physical exams regularly. So when something does go wrong, you find it early enough to address it before it's out of control. Got it. But you gotta go to the doctor. To and not just because your job told you to, right? right. Oh, he's stepping on toes today. I got your back, chosen friends. I don't go to the doctor, not just because your job told you to. You know, mm-hmm. you going because you got to get that TV, you got to get a new physical. Mm-hmm. But you ain't been to the doctor in, 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 a, in a while, or you don't I even tell you, I can't tell you how many people just want, oh, can you find somebody that's just going to sign this paper for me? Like, no, just go to the doctor. And why are we always working the system, friends? Why? <laughs> Why? Mm-hmm. Just go to the doctor. It's, it's, and it's so much, it's actually easier because, again, then you know what's going on with yourself. Exactly. If you don't go, you don't know. And to my brothers, it's getting these cars checked out, but not getting your body checked out. Boy, mm-hmm. We got to do better, friends. We got to do better. Right. So, yeah, we got to do better. So we're talking about, you know, supports that are available. Another question that I had was, um, I was talking to somebody, we was talking about um, somebody that has cancer. If they were to get surgery in an area near where the cancer is, 
That's the cancer spread. No, cancer, cancer spreads through the lymphatic system and or the cardiovascular system, which is the lymphatic system is part of it. So this is why a lot of times you get, if you get diagnosed or you there's a suspicion, they'll take, like for instance, if there's cancer suspicion and or cancer diagnosis in the breast, mm -hmm. they'll take the lymph nodes around that and test okay. it because the lymph nodes will tell you where it came from, if it mm -hmm. potentially came from somewhere else, or where it potentially spread to if it's okay. if there's cancerous material in the um, lymphatic system. So no, um, that's a that's a difficult that's a difficult yes or no question okay. because it depends on you know where the lymph tissue or the lymph nodes are a, an approximation to cancer and the surgery. Got it. But a good question to ask your doctor so you can know. <laughs> Another question. Um, so I guess in, in the vein of that, because you could possibly have cancer in two locations, not just your breast. You have, mm -hmm. how does, is that, but it's not the same cancer. It's just, how does that? So if breast cancer, breast cancer can spread to other places through the lymphatic system. Okay. Colon cancer, well, I shouldn't even just say breast cancer. All, any type of cancer after, um, during a stage three process or the, the staging. If it's stage three, that means that it spread to the lymph nodes. And if it went to the lymph nodes, that means it spread somewhere. It could have spread somewhere else. Okay. So you can have breast cancer that came from your colon. You can have liver cancer that came from your colon. You can have brain cancer that came from your breast. So this is why it's important to find cancer early before it spreads other places. And again, just because it's stage four does not mean a death sentence. A lot of times people, when people hear stage four, it's like, oh my goodness. You know, and they start in their head, they start planning the funeral. It's just, can't, the advances in cancer treatment has changed that we just have to as black people we just have to trust and believe the process and go get the treatment mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> mm -mm. you know i was watching i like grownish and i was watching the other day and a young lady um was avoiding the therapist and finally when she went they wanted to give her some medication to kind of help her and she's like but that's not what we do we have to be open to the suggestions of the professionals. Now, granted, you take it and it doesn't work. Again, that's a conversation to have with your doctor. Mm -hmm. But they're only suggesting it because that has been uh, proven to be successful mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. others. And they're mm -hmm. trying to help us. And sometimes we shut that door of somebody trying to help. So friends, mm -hmm. be open to the supports that they're trying to give us. They went to school for this. They have studied for this. I'm still nervous. I won't lie about the students that are still in school during this COVID era because y'all ain't been practicing. Do y'all know what y'all doing? I don't know. Um, but they still know the principles of what it is. And if we're saying, you know, we're going to the doctor, we want to be able to hear the doctor. We want the doctor to hear us too because it is possible they could, you know, get something wrong. They're human. However, mm -hmm. from that conversation that you have, no, that's not really what's happening. Explain what's going on so that they can help support you get to that um, good result at end. 
I will say, and I don't, I don't mean to get heavy here, you know, but I will say that a lot of people in the African American community, we suffer, we suffer for for no reason mm. because we allow social stigmas and the historical things that has happened to us, we allow it to keep us sick and dying un unnecessarily. We have one of the reasons why we die from cancer at a higher rate than any other race is because we have such a mistrust in the healthcare system mm -hmm. that we will allow it to be to our demise. Like we understand, like we know that there was mm -hmm. things that was done to us in the past yes. that was unjust and unfair mm -hmm. and unethical, but mm -hmm. that is not the case. It is not the case now. We need to we need to get past it. We need to get past it so that we can survive. And if if that is your fear, guess what? <laughs> we are now as doctors, not me, Amir. Um, so find yourself a doctor that you feel that you can relate to. You know, um, we have black therapists rock and things that sort. So we are up and coming in different areas of life, you know. Mm -hmm. You got the mechanics, you got the hairdresser, you know, they know how to work your hair. You go yes. to the people that know how to work their hair. I see these videos on YouTube. They go to people that's not their culture and they messing up their hair. You go <laughs> to somebody that knows your hair because mm -hmm. there are things different for other cultures than it is for ours. So when you go, they'll understand. Like my doctor be like, yeah, I know that, you know, the scale thing is off, but this is, you know, the same for me. We got to work these things out. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a different kind of conversation. You're a little, mm -hmm. your um, guards come down a little bit too because like, well, maybe they know. Now, don't go to a family member, though, because you're like, Pookie don't know what they're talking about. Don't go to Pookie then. Go to somebody who you can give that respect to because, again, they're in that position for a reason to be mm -hmm. able to help you. And right. also keep keep an open mind, too. Like, yeah. you know, don't go in like, oh, he don't he don't know what he's talking about. She don't know. Like, don't like don't put up a barrier yeah. before it even exists. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then don't try to get them in trouble because you don't listen to what they say or didn't really <laughs> Give them information if they need it. They be like, "It's the doctor's fault." No, sunshine is your fault. Didn't <laughs> listen or share what was going on. Okay, yeah. off my soapbox because we want to point fingers sometimes. <laughs> we don't be doing our part all the time. Who's sad? Relax, 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 relax. Because we do it. You know, we gotta call the spade a spade, and we're about you know loving me, myself, and I, helping us to love on ourselves just a little bit more. To mm -hmm. go to the doctor to get these screenings done. We mm -hmm. dying and won't have to die now. Now, that's a whole bigger thing in Philadelphia right now. Um, but, you know, medically wise, go to your doctor and find out what's going on so that you can take the steps that's needed. And really listen, if they're saying that you can't have that, don't have that. Um, right. And if you want to keep on having it, at least have your paperwork in order and tell somebody where it is. God bless. Yes. Um, <laughs> so what brings you the most joy about what you do? Oh, that's the... Uh... That's a very good question. It's a hard one to answer um, because I do so many things as, mm -hmm. as you've seen in the beginning. Yeah. Um, I feel like being a nurse is a thankless job. Um, the, but the most, I get the most joy when I see that something that I did, something that I said made a difference. Mm -hmm. um, recently at work, I talked to um, a woman who she was diagnosed um, multiple times with cancer and, potentially she's facing a new 
diagnosed and she was like, oh, they told me that I might have it. And I, you know, I got to wait until I get the biopsy and I just can't, I can't, I can't, I don't know what to do. Like I'm having anxiety. I'm like, don't think about it. Like, don't try not to stress mm-hmm. about next week. I said, get yeah. through today. Yeah. Get through today. And then tomorrow, get through tomorrow. Yeah. Get through that next day and get to your biopsy. And then after you get your biopsy, get through that next day after that. Like, don't. And she was like, I can do that. She said, I can do that. I can get, I can get through yeah. today. I didn't, you know, take, take it in strides, take it in small pieces. Yeah. But what brings me the most joy is when somebody, when somebody walks away from a conversation with me, an interaction with me, a chat, a wellness chat, a talk, and they say, wow, I feel like I know more, I feel better, I'm more comfortable, I'm less anxious. So knowing that I made a difference. So Lyra, wow. <laughs> I, I do, I did learn more. I am more aware and I appreciate this um, mm-hmm. because again, you, you come in contact with people um, and in my background, being a social worker, therapist, and thinking that story, I already empathize with people, but still mm-hmm. learning more about how to support, knowing what resources I can connect them with is mm-hmm. always my thing of, it, it's not my thing. You know, my lane is to be able to support you, help you talk through it, and then find a, a service that can, you know, take the next leg of the race. And then me checking in to make sure it's going well, you're able to get there things. Um, but you're the professional in that. So I appreciate that of knowing how to be of support to somebody else, mm-hmm. how to be precautions of my own self, make sure I go get my screenings too, because I can't fuss at y'all and I don't go do mine either. Um, because that's how, you know, the world, you know, turns and things of that sort. So I, I do appreciate this today of you sharing this um, words of wisdom, answering our questions mm-hmm. um, and all that you have coming and how you are helping the future nurses mm-hmm. um, of the world to be able to navigate this journey. So thank mm-hmm. you. You're welcome. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Yes. So so what are some things you want us to walk away with? Friends, if you have any other closing thoughts or questions, please drop them below. Um, but what is something that you want us to walk away with uh, tonight? I would like people to walk away with um, understanding three things um, or three nuggets from me. Understanding what your risk factors are. Like, even though we didn't go into um, details about different significant risk factors for breast cancer. There's risk factors for all cancers and all illnesses, but whatever it is that's troubling you or whatever it is that you feel like you're, um, could be, could potentially be diagnosed with, understand what the risk factors are, meaning understand what will make that manifest in you. You understand what will make that manifest in you. You can potentially combat that. Um, Understand the importance of screening. Get your regular routine screening. Sometimes and with appropriate screening practices, you can find things, not just cancer, but you can find things that are abnormal at the earliest, earliest stages to address it without the stress and anxiety and unfortunateness of having to go through surgery and chemo. So get screened. And then the last thing is live a healthy lifestyle. If you live a healthy lifestyle, if you eat right, you exercise and you keep this up here tight, then you don't, you don't walk around worrying about if I'm going to, you know, if, if I'm going to potentially have 
uh, this ailment or this issue because you know, you know that you're walking that line of being healthy. And that means diet, exercise, mind, body, spirit. So those are the three things that I would like people to consider to stay healthy. Hmm. I like that last one, that diet and exercise, because we kicked off the mom's talking about that, um, mm -hmm. moving in some capacity that helps you to like stay active and things of that sort. And then today, um, well, last week we talked about, you know, relationships and things of that sort um, mm -hmm. and empowering ourselves to really be able to love ourselves. And then now, again, making sure that we're getting these screenings done because we say we love ourselves, but if we're not taking care of ourselves, how much do we really love ourselves? Right. Yeah. We have one last question, uh, possibly. We only said, does aluminum and deodorant cause cancer? Aluminum and deodorant is a risk factor for cancer. And aluminum, and the reason is because aluminum um, stops us from sweating under our arms. And sweating is normal. When we stop uh, a normal process, we can enhance or increase our risk of developing cancer because it can cause um, blockages of the sweat glands, and then the blockages of the sweat glands can cause issues with our lymph nodes, which is um, one of the precursors for developing can breast cancer under the under the arms. Actually, don't use, I stopped using aluminum deodorant years ago. Got it. So that's something good to know. If your mm -hmm. deodorant has aluminum in it, please mm -hmm. don't use that one. Um, mm -hmm. read, see, we got to read the ingredients on everything. Mm -hmm. um, that you know, these are ways to be precautious and to prevent, you know, things from happening that we don't want to happen. We want to use it though because we want to be fresh friends. <laughs> we want to use some deodorant. You don't have to use deodorant with aluminum in it. <laughs> so what it does help, but by the time the fifth hour, if you'd have been exercising and things, mm -hmm. just bring some back up. Just bring yeah, it just yeah. You don't have yeah. to, you know, you don't have to suffer from cancer because you don't want to smell. Yes, yes. I'm trying. I'm being our friends. We want to be all uh, right. Okay, friends, we want to be right. Huh, that was good. Um, so that was our words of wisdom. Um, so I do have some research you did share with me, the Cancer Wellness Hub. If you have questions, you can send them an email at cancerwellnesshub at drexel.edu. Um, if you want to learn more about those risk factors um, and all things. Yes, and programs available. Go ahead and check them out. They're doing some amazing things over there. Now, my guest gave me her email address, and I'm always hesitant to give out personal email addresses because friends. I can give you the phone number to the Cancer Wellness Hub. Okay, um, <laughs> I'll share. The, um, this is the email address for the hub, so like they'll be able to, you know, direct you and things that sort. Um, mm -hmm. So be sure to reach out if you do have any questions as it relates to, and again, it says the cancer wellness, so it's all kinds of cancer. Um, you can find out some information to be able to support those in your area. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here is the phone number. Give me one more second to bring that over. <laughs> and this is for the Cancer Wellness the Hub? Yes, cancer oh, Wellness Hub. That's my phone number at the Wellness Hub. Okay. So, and we have um, many programs. We have wellness chats. We have um, workshops, all mm -hmm. things cancer. Okay. So, yeah, so I'll leave that up a, a second longer. Be sure to reach out for whatever questions that you have. Mm -hmm. If um, you have an organization, a church, a ministry, a, a job, and they want to learn about cancer wellness, be sure to reach out because they'll be glad to get that information to help you 
to make sure that you are saving your tatas and any other areas where they can't be trying to come. Mm -hmm. um, and again, get screened so that you know ahead of time so that you can make it happen. Mm. All right, so that's the number. I'm going to come over to the comments because sometimes they give you some praise before you go. Let me see what's going on. Cammy said, this was such a great wealth of knowledge shared. Thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah, so I truly, truly, truly do. Thank you. Again, I really did learn some new things. I'm hoping that um, all of my friends, Cammy was a representative, uh, to share that, you know, we did learn some new things tonight and that we're walking away to be able to help somebody else. So I thank you again so very much. I'll be in touch because as you shared, you about to be a doctor. So I know some other specialties you know, and we're all about bringing the community to the community. So we'll mm -hmm. find out some other things we can talk about because it might be something else that's health related that we need to talk about because we're not getting screeners for. Um, but we're going to do better, friends. We're going to do better. Um, so I'll definitely be in touch to hear of your other specialties to be mm -hmm. able to share that information as well if you're open. I will. I will be. Awesome, awesome. So thank you again so much, and you have a great evening. Thank you. Bye. Oh, that was awesome. Tonight we had Amira Clemens for our Save the Tatas episode. I do hope that you enjoyed all of that that was shared on tonight. Please don't forget our quote of the day. <laughs> Courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes courage is the little voice at the end of the day that says, I'll try again tomorrow. Friends, we could try again tomorrow. You get yourself some rest. You get back up and you say, hey, let's try this thing again. All right. I got a couple of announcements. Last week, I shared, we did a flashback to our day of empowerment. That was our first conference that we did. It was amazing. So we're thinking about bringing it back this year. So if you want to attend, let me know. Should we bring it back? It was amazing. We talked about dating, relationships, business, finance, and just empowering us to continue to doing what it is that we want to do. So let me know if we should bring it back either in person or virtual. If in person, it would be a lovely lunch, um, ticket event at a phenomenal establishment or if it will be virtual again. I know we have been enjoying virtual because we could do it from the comfort of our homes. So again, just want to take a, a poll to see what it is you would like us to do because I'm open to that. Be sure to join us next week as we close out our February series, Love, Me, Myself, and I, Wrong One. We're going to have Lisa Douglas Doe for our self-care, self-love. Oh, how fitting is it for us to end with self-care and self-love? It's so important. And some of us do it and some of us don't. But I want to make sure that we are aware of ways to make sure that we are taking care of me, myself, and I. You see, it just continues to get better. So be sure to join us next week as we close out this month's series. But then join us in March because we got some power-packing people coming to share with us about why it's important for us to march forth and not remain stagnant. That's all I have for us for tonight. Until next time, I love and appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Jen Cares, the live podcast, where we specialize in bringing the community to you. Have a great evening. And guess what? Go get that screening. I love you. Thanks for joining Jen Cares, powered by Chosen Podcast this week. Make sure to visit our website at chosencounselors.com. That's chosen with a Z. To follow us, stay in the know, and most of all, never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. 
Be sure to tune in for our next episode as we specialize in bringing the community to you.